Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. The U.S. President Joe Biden once warned Vladimir Putin against allowing anything to happen to Alexei Navalny. And this morning now we hear that the critic of Putin has died in prison. So what is the reaction? Well, for more on that and things that happened in the United States this week, we are joined by Reggie Giacchini, our Global News Washington correspondent. Good morning, Reggie. Good morning. So what is the reaction to what seems like at this point the death of Alexei Navalny? Sure. Uh, so the reaction is coming far beyond uh, uh, the U.S. boundaries. We've heard from American officials. We've heard from Canada's foreign minister, Melanie Jolie. We've heard from European officials. And all of them are are kind of singing the same tune here in that this is a sign uh, of, of a growing, uh, aggressive Putin regime. Uh, in Russia. We heard from Vice President Kamala Harris earlier today at the Munich Security Conference uh, saying that this is a sign of Putin's brutality uh, and, and making the claim that Russia and Putin is behind the death uh, of Alexei Navalny, even though that proof doesn't exist. But that is something that is now being kind of picked up and echoed across the world stage here. Um, th- there's grave concern as to what what the fallout from this will be. Okay, and so Vladimir Putin was quite vocal this week. I know there was that whole interview with Tucker Carlson, but then he went on to say uh, a lot of other things publicly this week, including that he said he prefers U.S. President Biden. Well, he sees that that U.S. President Biden, uh, you know, may be the better choice for Russia. You know, we don't know what it means. There have been some who say that Donald Trump is ultimately uh, the president that that Russia may prefer. Uh, but, you know, Joe Biden, you know, for whatever reason or, or, or the other, um, you know, Putin has, has said that this is in the best interest of Russia. I think we need to kind of broaden this out. Uh, just a couple of years ago, Joe Biden made a statement uh saying that if Alexei Navalny died in Russian custody, that that Vladimir Putin and Russia would pay significant consequences. Those are going to be words that are likely replayed over and over again, that may be replayed over and over towards uh, Vladimir Putin. That could change the calculus of whatever this kind of, you know, comment from Vladimir Putin is, because this is a significant blow outside of Russia, but inside of Russia, because it shows that there are no critics. Criticism and opposition is not allowed. Uh, of Vladimir Putin. Um, and, and there's going to be significant pushback from the White House on that. All right. So we wait for more developments on that today. Let's talk about what else is happening today in U.S. politics. And we know that once again, the former president, Donald Trump, is is back in court. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this is going to be a big one. Uh, he hasn't arrived in New York. We're not sure if he's coming to the city for this or not. Uh, but there, there's going to be a decision rendered uh, to how much money Donald Trump owes in a civil business fraud trial that was brought by New York State Attorney General Letitia James. The judge in this case already ruled last year that fraud was committed in this uh, you know, attempt to overinflate valued assets to secure better loans. Um, and the numbers could be big. This could be $370 million plus that Trump would owe roughly 20% uh, of his uh, of his estimated wealth. There's also a chance here that we could see the Trump business empire pulled from the New York City skyline, ending um, you know his, his relationship with the city that started it all. So there's some big financial, but also social impacts to whatever the judge comes out with today. 
Okay, and that's just one of the cases, right? Like quite a few of them seem to be coming to a head in the next week or so. Yeah, well, I mean, look, just yesterday we found out that the first trial uh, of the campaign season is going to get started on March 25th uh, with the Stormy Daniel hush money payments, uh, the, the the judge dismissing the attempts to try and get this case thrown out. Uh, so this is one guaranteed trial. We're also expecting the Supreme Court to, uh, uh, to deal with the appeal from Donald Trump and the kind of push to move forward from the special counsel to whether or not Trump uh, is, is immune. Uh, he appealed that decision from the 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 District of Columbia that said that he's not immune. The Supreme Court's going to deal with the appeal. That could then lead to a potential March, April, or May case in the election subversion trial. So this is the moment that everybody's been watching as to when these kind of legal hurdles would start being hit by Trump's feet as he runs towards 2024. Okay, and let's talk about this whole FBI informant being charged or with making false statements. What is this about? So look, this was somebody that uh, had told the FBI that he had information that Burisma, uh, a Ukrainian energy company that had ties to Hunter Biden, had made millions of dollars uh, in payments to both Hunter Biden uh, and Joe Biden. And Republicans tried to say, look, there are reasons here to believe that when Joe Biden was a vice president all these years ago, um, that, that something nefarious may have happened. And it turns out the information that this informant gave to the FBI that resulted in Republicans moving forward with an impeachment attempt on Joe Biden is fake, is false. Uh, He's now facing two different charges, one for lying to investigators and number two for submitting falsified documents linked to the lie that he told investigators. And this is a giant question now. What are Republicans going to do moving forward? This was the basis of the impeachment push. They're trying to say, look, we have other information. We have bank records. We have proof, none of which has been exposed publicly. Um, You know, so this could be another hit for a Republican Party that has been accused for months now of not actually being able to accomplish anything and falling flat every time they try to target um, President Biden. Okay, so this person, this is the person that they were kind of basing all these stories on, right? Yeah, this, this is somebody that 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 told Republicans that he had all of this information, and it turned out the information he had was just a mishmash of different conversations that he had tried to piece together. And ultimately, he did this because he wasn't happy with the fact that Joe Biden was going to be the nominee and the likely uh, uh, winner in the election in 2020. And this was all done kind of out of spite or in spite of Joe Biden. Uh, and Republicans bought into it. And the question is, what do they do now going forward? And if they try to move forward with impeachment, are they going to have any credibility with it? And does it potentially cost them later on this year when they're defending their majority? Well, things are always interesting. Reggie, thank you. Thank you. That's Reggie Giacchini, our Global News Washington correspondent.